This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. Plinio Correa de Oliveira, Man of Faith and Action, Part 2. Last week, the Return to Order Moment presented Part 1 of Plenio Correa de Oliveira, Man of Faith and Action. This week, we present the conclusion to this retrospective of a life very well lived, that of the TFP founder, Plenio Correa de Oliveira. While last week's episode consisted largely of a biographical sketch, this week we'll focus on his thoughts and philosophy. In all things, Professor Plenio sought to live his life in complete accord with Catholic doctrine and tradition. That life carried with it a philosophy that this episode will explain more fully. It is the philosophy that motivates his followers in the American TFP and the other 24 autonomous TFPs and kindred organizations on six continents. So now, the Return to Order moment presents Part 2 of Plenio Correa de Alavera, Man of Faith and Action. In 1993, Plenio Correa de Oliveira published what was to be his last book, Nobility and Analogous Traditional Elites in the Allocutions of Pius XII. Based on the teachings of this pontiff to the Roman Patriarchate and Nobility, the work is a bold response to the liberal pseudo-elites at the forefront of today's cultural revolution. It amply demonstrates the duty of authentic elites, bearers of invaluable religious and cultural traditions, to make a decisive contribution to solving contemporary crises by fulfilling their leadership role. This widely acclaimed book has been published in five languages. Its American edition, which features a comprehensive study of the role of elites in American history, was launched at the prestigious Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. in September of 1993. The many letters of approbation received by the author include those of Cardinal Silvio Odi, Mario Luigi Chiappi, Alphonse Stickler, and Bernardino Echevarria Ruiz, Father Anastasio Gutierrez, CMF, and the renowned Dominican theologians Father Raimundo Spiazzi and Father Victorino Rodriguez y Rodriguez. Professor Correa de Oliveira concludes the first part of his final book with a thought-provoking and potentially prophetic commentary. Quote, At the moment of this writing, the nations that constituted the USSR have separated. Frictions among them are increasing, deepened as they are by the fact that some of these nations have the means to unleash an atomic war. It is not impossible that an armed conflict within the former USSR would lead to the involvement of major Western nations, with consequences of apocalyptic dimension. One of these consequences could easily be the migration of entire populations, pressed by fear of war and actual famine, to Central and Western Europe. This migration could assume a critical character of unpredictable scope. To complete this panorama, 
We should consider the possible reaction of the Maghreb in the face of a Western Europe enmeshed in problems of this magnitude, as well as developments throughout Northern Africa and the profound impact of the immense fundamentalist wave sweeping the peoples of Islam, of which the Maghreb is an integral part. Who can predict with certainty the extremes to which these factors of instability will bring the world, and especially the Christian world? For the time being, the latter is not engulfed in the triple drama of a seemingly peaceful invasion from the East, a probably less peaceful invasion from Africa, and an eventual worldwide conflagration. However, the fatal outcome of the long revolutionary process is already within sight. Under its pressure, the former USSR lies in ruins, sinister, mysterious, and rotten like a fruit long since fallen from the branch. And what is this most recent ruin generating, if not a general confusion that constantly threatens imminent and contradictory catastrophes, which disintegrate before falling upon the world, thus begetting prospects of new catastrophes even more imminent and contradictory? These may vanish in turn, only to give way to new monsters— or they may become frightful realities, like the migration of Slavic hordes from the east to the west or Muslim hordes from the south to the north. Who knows? Will this actually happen? Will this be all? Will it be even worse than this? Such a picture would discourage all men who lack faith. Those with faith, however, can already hear a voice coming from beyond this confused and grim horizon. The voice, capable of inspiring the most emerging confidence, says, Finally, my immaculate heart will triumph. So there are reasons for hope. Hope for what? For the help of providence in any work performed with vision, rigor, and method to defend the world from the threats hanging over mankind like so many swords of Damocles. It behooves us then to pray, confide in providence, and act." Unquote. Though the TFP achievements due to the incentive of Plinio Correa de Oliveira are too numerous to list here, it was not action that most characterized his life. Before all else, he was a man of faith, not a common faith, but a profound, reverent, enthusiastic, and abiding faith in the one true Church of the one true God, the Holy Roman Catholic Church. His faith and his deep love for Holy Mother Church shine in this meditation, chosen from among so many on the way of the cross. Quote, the representation of the divine face was made on the veil of Veronica as in a painting. In the Holy Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church, his face is reflected as in a mirror. In her institutions, in her doctrine, in her laws, in her unity, in her universality, in her unsurpassable Catholicity, 
The church is a true mirror in which our divine Savior is reflected. Furthermore, she is the very mystical body of Christ. Belonging to the church is a very great and very demanding thing. We must think as the church thinks, have the mind of the church, proceed as the church wishes in all the circumstances of our lives. This supposes a real Catholic sense, an authentic and complete purity of customs, and a profound and sincere piety. In other words, it supposes the sacrifice of an entire lifetime. Constant devotion to the Supreme Pontiff was a corollary of Plinio Correa de Oliveira's profound love of the Holy Church. As he reaffirmed in one of his last conferences to TFP Youth, his final breath would be an act of love, veneration, and fidelity to the papacy. This same spirit guided his pen as he wrote Revolution and Counter-Revolution. He did not want to close that work, quote, without a tribute of filial devotion and unrestricted obedience to the sweet Christ on earth, the pillar and infallible foundation of the truth. Where the church is, there is Christ. Where Peter is, there is the church. It is then to the Holy Father that we direct our love, our enthusiasm, our dedication. We have not the slightest doubt in our heart about any of the theses that constitute this work. Nonetheless, we subject them unrestrictedly to the judgment of the Vicar of Christ and are disposed to renounce immediately any one of them if it depart even slightly from the teaching of the Holy Church, our Mother, the Ark of Salvation, and the Gate of Heaven. This unconditional submission to the supreme magisterium of the Church, manifest in all his acts, words, and writings, merited the recognition of the sacred congregation for seminaries and universities. In a letter, acclaiming Plinio Correa de Oliveira's The Church in the Communist State, The Impossible Coexistence, 1963, Cardinal Giuseppe Pizzardo, prefect of the congregation, wrote, quote, We congratulate the eminent author, justly celebrated for his philosophical, historical, and sociological knowledge, and we wish the widest circulation for this compact book, which is a most faithful echo of all the documents of the Supreme Magisterium of the Church, including the luminous encyclicals Mater Est Magistra of John the Twenty-Third and Ecclesium Suum of Paul the Sixth. The Church in the Communist State was read around the world with editions in ten languages, more than forty printings, and three hundred forty thousand copies sold. Like the preceding work. His Unperceived Ideological Transshipment and Dialogue, 1965, provoked polemics even behind the Iron Curtain. 
It denounces a cunning process of subconscious persuasion adopted in communist propaganda, where talismanic words such as dialogue, peaceful coexistence, and peace acquire capital importance. Plinio Correa de Oliveira was a paladin of devotion to Our Lady. His conduct, writing, and speech reflected the intimate union a Catholic should have with the Mother of God, the Mediatrix of all graces. Tireless in recommending constant recourse to Our Lady, he never lost an opportunity to gain for her another devotee, to exalt her name, to place her image in some fitting location, to suggest an act of Marian piety. Many were the times that TFPUs requesting a council heard him say, Have more devotion to Our Lady. The Rosary, the renewal of his consecration as a slave to Mary, the litany and little office of the Blessed Virgin were among his daily devotions. His pious practices included the use of the scapular and miraculous medal and visits to Marian shrines. While the Marian congregations, to the misfortune of Brazil and the world, have declined over the past 50 years, the flourishing devotion to Mary that characterized them in their springtime continued to grow in Plinio Correa de Oliveira. His Eucharistic piety was no less ardent. From the time of his entry into the Catholic movement, he assiduously encouraged daily communion, a source of strength for him in his counter-revolutionary ideological struggle. The largest Brazilian daily once termed Plinio Correa de Oliveira the embodiment of Brazilian cordiality. His kindness and affability captivated those who knew him. His intelligence was agile and intuitive. He was truly the personification of the Brazilian people's best qualities. He loved his country. Beyond Brazil's present crisis, which he regarded as primarily religious and moral, he saw a magnificent future, proportional to the generosity of soul of its people and the immensity of its territory. This future would be a civilization under the sign of the cross, symbolized by the Southern Cross, admirably set in the austral skies as though to remind Brazilians of their calling. In an outdoor speech at the Fourth National Eucharistic Congress in 1942, Plinio Correa de Oliveira, thunderously applauded by hundreds of thousands, stated, quote, Brazil's providential mission consists in growing within its borders, developing here the splendors of a civilization that is genuinely Roman, Catholic, apostolic, and lovingly illuminating the whole world with the rays of this great light, which is but the lumen Christi that the Church radiates. If one day Brazil is great, it will be for the good of the entire world. He that is the greater, let him become as he that serveth, said the Redeemer. Brazil will not be great by conquest, 
but by the faith. It will not be rich so much by money as by its generosity. In truth, if we can know how to be faithful to the Rome of the popes, our city can be a new Jerusalem of perfect beauty, honor, glory, and joy for the whole world. Unquote. Plinio Correa de Oliveira's spirit was universal and all-embracing, quick to recognize and admire the qualities of other nations, especially with those where Christian civilization had shone with greatest splendor. He saw that the revolution's centuries-long attempt to overthrow venerable traditions and the basic precepts of Christian civilization had advanced as much in the United States as elsewhere. However, here, more than anywhere, he saw the growth, especially in the last 15 years, of such wholesome attitudes among large specters of the public as opposition to moral decadence, appreciation for refined manners, and readiness for heroism. Observing this phenomenon, he elaborated one of his favorite theses. Just as before World War I, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was the bulwark of the principles and traditions of Christian civilization. So today, the United States is the bastion against the revolution's efforts to immerse the world in chaos. This explains the enmity of the adversaries of Christian civilization toward our country, which they wish to see destroyed like the Habsburg Empire. He used to counsel Americans. You will be victorious only if you add to extreme vigilance and perspicacity the conviction of your high mission. More than extending your industrial, commercial, and financial might, more than obtaining brilliant military victories or dazzling the world with your temporal wealth, you have the mission of using your enormous worldwide influence to bar the path of the Gnostic and egalitarian revolution and to promote the restoration of Christian civilization. Through civic organizations, the TFPs are somewhat analogous to religious orders or congregations. Consequently, the relationship between Plinio Correa de Oliveira and TFP members was analogous to that between the founder of a religious institution and his disciples. His exemplary life, his unshakable faith, his intense piety sustained and still sustain all TFP members. Not a few of them owe him their perseverance in the faith. Many others, modern-day prodigal sons lost down worldly paths, owe him their return to the faith. His solicitude for each and every associate of the TFPs seemed unlimited. He was a father to every TFP member. Never was his solicitude greater than when the spiritual welfare of those placed by providence under his care was involved. Never did he neglect an opportunity to offer a word of counsel or encouragement or to perform an act of kindness. On these occasions, it was especially patent that he had been favored by providence with an extraordinary supernatural gift. 
a knowledge of the secrets of hearts. This unfailing soundness of his counsel and his keen discernment of character and even thoughts were testimony to this prodigious grace. These are some of the milestones in the life of Plinio Correa de Oliveira, who worked tirelessly until the end. His week included four general meetings for TFP members and daily meetings with members of various TFP task forces or study commissions. As a result, his workday usually lasted until 3 a.m. If his 16 major works and his other published writings, more than 2,500, reflect his dynamism, more impressive still is the number of meetings and conferences he held for TFP associates during the last 35 years. It exceeds 20,000. The unforgettable weekly Saturday meeting on World News was one of the highlights of the internal life of the TFP. This meeting had its origin in the times of Legionario, when Plinio Correa de Oliveira, using articles from the Brazilian and international press, instructed his first companions with penetrating insights on current events in the light of timeless Christian doctrines. Over the decades, following sound Catholic pedagogy, he diversified his themes and methods of exposition, adapting them to his listeners, who were captivated by his impeccable logic, crystalline clarity, and beauty of expression. Plinio Correa de Oliveira founded a school of thought and action, it is characterized, above all, by total and enthusiastic adhesion to the doctrine of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, expressed in the teaching of the Roman pontiffs and the ecclesiastical magisterium in general. I am a convinced Thomist, reads the simple, clear, and categorical sentence that opens his yet unpublished philosophical self-portrait. From an analysis of reality in the light of the faith, he deduced a series of theoretico-practical principles which permeate his writings. A synopsis of many of these principles can be found in Revolution and Counter-Revolution. One of his foremost interests was the explication of the principles that should guide the development of a society inspired by Catholic doctrine. Revolution and Counter-Revolution presents his conclusion in concise terms. Quote, If the revolution is disorder, the Counter-Revolution is the restoration of order, and by order we mean the peace of Christ in the reign of Christ. That is, Christian civilization, austere and hierarchical, fundamentally sacral, anti-egalitarian, and anti-liberal, According to the medieval chronicles, Godfrey of Bouillon, leader of the First Crusade, was incredibly strong. When asked about the source of his strength, he would reply, I am strong because I am chaste. The ideological crusade Plinio Correa de Oliveira idealized demanded of him a strength of soul superior in many ways to Duke Godfrey's.
disregarding servile fear and human respect. He had the courage to navigate alone against the tide of what was reckoned modern and to nobly confront many persecutions. He found fortitude to wage this struggle above all in the aid of the Blessed Virgin. But like Godfrey of Bouillon, he could affirm, I am strong because I am chaste. Combative chastity, fearless chastity, was an idea he transmitted to his disciples in the counter-revolution. Aristocrat by his birth and noble by his life, Plinio Correa de Oliveira projected what Pope Pius XII saw as a noble's principal attributes, strength of soul, readiness for action, generous adherence to the tenets of Christian doctrine and life, aristocratic chivalrous conduct, and humility with grandeur. To his sense of honor and gentility were added the tact and prudence of a diplomat and the perspicacity of a strategist. Those qualities led him to devise a unique means of publicity, now used by all the TFPs. Street campaigns with red capes and tall red banners emblazoned with a golden lion. TFP members on campaign, in direct contact with the public, bring to mind medieval chivalry. This once prompted a well-known Brazilian journalist to remark on the grand charm of the TFP. In view of Plinio Correa de Oliveira's tireless fight against all the causes of moral degeneration in today's society, we can truthfully call him the crusader of the 20th century. Plinio Correa de Oliveira, who was wont to affirm, The Holy Catholic Church is the light of my life was deeply distressed by the crisis that has afflicted the mystical spouse of Christ over the last 30 years. The gravity of this crisis led Paul VI to liken it to a self-destruction in his allocution of December 7, 1968. John Paul II, also alluding to it, stated, Outright heresies in the dogmatic and moral fields have been disseminated creating doubt, confusion, and rebellion. Allocution of February 6, 1981. To Plinio Correa de Oliveira, the Holy Church's sad situation, which aggravates the already acute problems of Western society, seemed insoluble without the aid of heaven. To him, the hastening of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary promised by Our Lady herself at Fatima, required souls who would offer to take on heroic sufferings according to the 2,000-year-old custom of the Church. During a TFP meeting on the night of February 1, 1975, he explicitly offered himself as a victim's soul for this intention. Thirty-six hours later, he was seriously injured in a car accident. Its effects lasted the rest of his life. For 20 years, he bore multiple sufferings with admirable resolution. 
These culminated in a grave infirmity, for which he was admitted to Sao Paulo's Hospital Almenau Osvaldo Cruz on September 1st of this year. He endured more than a month of indescribable suffering when the hand of God took him to celestial glory. Despite the radical changes in outlooks and lifestyles over the 87 years of his life, Plinio Correa de Oliveira remained faithful to his early ideals. His consistency merited him respect even among his adversaries. In success and in reversal, in advance and in retreat, unbending even in the worst of storms, always holding high the standard of his convictions and proclaiming them with spirited bravery, he was true to his vocation. Edified by his life's luminous course, which points to true solutions for the contemporary crises, we express in this sorrowful hour, filled with inextinguishable yearnings, our admiration and gratitude for everything Plinio Correa de Oliveira was and did in his 87 years of life and 67 years of heroic endeavors. In union with the devotion at the core of this peerless champion, we turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary, to whom our admiration and gratitude are ultimately due. She, the star of the sea, the morning star that guided his life, gave him a hero's strength. Determined to persevere in his path, we make our own the words with which he closes revolution and counter-revolution. Quote, Amid today's chaos, one thing will not fail, namely the prayer which is in my heart and on my lips, just as it is in the heart of all who see and think as I do. Unto thee I lift up my eyes, Unto thee who dwellest in the heavens, see how the eyes of servants are fixed on the hands of their masters, the eyes of a handmaid on the hand of her mistress. Psalm 122, verses 1 to 2. So our eyes are fixed on our lady and mother, waiting for her to have mercy on us. Behold the affirmation of unvarying confidence of the Catholic soul, which kneels but remains firm amid the general convulsion, firm with all the firmness of those who, in the storm, and with the strength of soul even greater than the storm, continue to affirm from the bottom of their heart Credo in unum sanctum catholicum et apostolicum ecclesium. That is, I believe in the holy Roman Catholic and apostolic church, against which, as promised to St. Peter, the gates of hell will never prevail. This concludes Plenio Correa de Oliveira, Man of Faith and Action. Thank you for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please remember that we publish a new episode every week as Tuesday becomes Wednesday at midnight. There are two ways to make sure that you don't miss future episodes. 
The first way is to subscribe to your favorite podcast provider. Another is to go to our website, www.returntoorder.org, and click on the podcast link at the top of the page, which will take you to a list with the most recent podcast on top. We ask subscribers to give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So by rating us, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all the previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book, which spells out the motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2022 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.